to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Hey, Direct Impact. So good to be with you today. Today we are talking about control versus out of control, which is such a bold and humongous question that I think we all, you know, contemplate often. Am I in control? Am I out of control? I think we, most of us anyway, I know I, have a desire to be in control. What does that mean? When can that get you in trouble? <laughs> and and when is that a healthy thing? So um, Because I think everything in life is gray and it's about balance and it's about noticing when you're getting off balance a little bit sooner than maybe you did before. It's about putting really good and healthy practices in place so that we can notice when we start to feel a shift into maybe unhealthy emotions, behaviors, things of that nature. So we're going to talk about being in control versus being out of control. And so, yes, we like to feel in control. What does that look like? Can that sometimes look like unhealthy perfectionism? Can that look like negative control issues where you're trying to overly manage and micromanage your emotions and the emotions of others and the behaviors of others to try to regulate your own emotions? All of that stuff leads to insanity and unhealth. So that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about having a healthy relationship with your emotions as a form of being more in control. So I like to call it more being in acceptance of, being in good relationship with your emotions, your feelings in an attempt to regulate mood. So that's what we're talking about today when we talk about being in control. I think we all kind of know also what it feels like to be way, way out of control. (laughs) And there is a slippery slope that we all tend to go down. Everybody has tendencies. Everybody has character defects. Everybody has difficulties, trials, and tribulations that will get us off track. So, yeah, we're also looking at what it feels like to be completely out of control. And with that, when I say that, I really mean out of sync, out of sync with body, with mind, with spirit. Okay, so to me, it's the difference between in control, which is incongruence and acceptance with your emotions, being friends with your emotions versus being out of control and completely dysregulated, out of sync with body, mind and spirit. Okay, now, I always like to start by saying, you know, let's go into this space together without judgment. Let's not come into this episode thinking, oh, gosh, you know, what have I done wrong? What else do I need to improve in my life? Let's just be comfortable with where we are today and just listen. Just listen and see if you get some, you know, nuggets here and there of things that you might want to utilize, you know. But let's go into this place without any kind of like judgment, because a lot of human beings have natural setbacks to this. And this is not me making excuses. This is me just talking neurobiology for a second. 
Okay, so a lot of people have adverse childhood experiences. I'd say like (laughs) uh, maybe 90% of the population plus has adverse childhood experiences. They have experienced childhood traumas, less than nurturing childhoods where they might have experienced some neglect. They might have experienced some abuse. They might have also just experienced some traumas, some difficulties, really kind of received some negative messages from major caregivers, teachers, friends, things like that. A lot of those things, traumas, genetics, even dopamine deficiencies can kind of set you up to have more trouble when it comes to emotion regulation and resiliency. So let's just start by being really compassionate with ourselves and with others, knowing that some people have to work much, much harder at this for very good reasons. And some of us really do have to go the extra mile and put in all of those good daily practices and habits. Um, to overcome these things and to get ahead of it, right? So, and when I say dopamine deficiencies, I mean things like ADHD and things of that nature. It could be dopamine deficiencies through prolonged use or misuse of drugs and alcohol as well. But those things can kind of like trip you up when it comes to emotion regulation early on, which is why we really value therapy. We value all of these really cool therapeutic techniques that really can address and attack and resolve some of these issues, especially if you're one of those people who just doesn't have a lot of built-in resiliency. All right, so we're just going to come from that place. So let's talk about emotionally in control. That is when You can see your emotions coming a little bit. (laughs) You don't feel sideswiped so much by emotion. Now, of course, sometimes you're going to have feelings that come up and then you will question those feelings by saying, hmm, is this a feeling or is this a fact? Is this an embodied emotion that's old that I might have, you know, experienced a long time ago and it's giving me some kind of faulty message? You know, so you want to notice your emotions. You want to notice your feelings. You want to commune with them. You want to relate with them. You want to see what you need to learn from them and how can you use them to be productive, to move forward, to build relationship with self and also healthy relationships with others. So being in control is noticing in a very non-judgmental way, but in a very curious, engaged way, like, okay, anger's here. (laughs) I'm noticing my anger. I love my anger. (laughs) And I'm talking about myself personally. I love my anger. I notice it. I see it coming. And I love generally what it is trying to tell me when I have a healthy relationship with it. It's hmm, anger's here. What can I learn about myself? Because nine times out of 10, it's not my environment that has caused the anger. It is something else. It's something in me that needs to be looked at, that needs to be addressed, something that I can grow from. And in those healthy practices that we're going to talk about, I can sit in that. I can sit in that emotion and be like, oh, thank you, anger, for communicating to me that my boundaries were not great this week. I need to go back and work on some things. I need to make some amends. I need to do some deeper work on me. 
You know, instead of taking that out on others, what good does that do? It just starts the cycle all over again. So, yeah, it's just being able to say sadness is here and I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to give it its due. Now, we can't always do that in the exact moment. But if you have these practices, practices of contemplation, practices of meditation, practices of exercise, practices of healthy eating, practices of therapy, uh, practices of group work, practices of being a part of a community, this gives you the time necessary to reflect and to experience those feelings and to process them and to give them their due. That, to me, is being, quote unquote, in control. Now, let's talk about being out of control. <laughs> a lot of us know that we are out of out of control, but we tend to use all of our defense mechanisms to project those and deflect those and thrust them on others so that we do not do the work of contemplation (laughs) and processing and gaining insight into who we are as these unique and special human beings because we're not taking time to process and sit in our emotion. We don't have healthy relationships with feelings. Therefore, all these defense mechanisms are flying out all over the place and you're not making any movement forward. That is being out of control. That is not being in good relationship with feelings and emotions. Most of the time, you're really stuck just in thinking, not in feeling, not in emotion, not in spirit. It's it's all just anxiety, head, depression, perfectionism, all of those things. And it's really almost impossible not to just react. And then you feel a victim. You feel like a victim to your own emotions. Nobody wants to be a slave. Nobody wants to be snared by their own emotions and feelings. And that's exactly what happens when you are out of control. Now, that's just being out of control of the feelings and the emotions. That can go to a much deeper place where then you are also acting out. So you are taking those emotions and those feelings and acting out oftentimes in a very subconscious and compulsive manner, but you are acting out. And again, it takes you even further away from realizing the work that needs to be done internally to make that progress and to, and, and to grow and to develop and to, to just kind of love ourselves, right? So that is when that out of control, you know, feeling and emotion leads to out of control actions and behaviors, which leads to extreme shame. Okay. And that shame is toxic and it is sick and it is disruptive to you, to your life, to your relationships and to everything. So when, you know, you cannot or are not in a position to build, you know, a healthy in control you know, union (laughs) with your feelings, it will lead to this. And it can really spiral into like some, some really deep, deep dysfunction. And so that's why we start to notice and we don't like especially initially, we don't like that feeling of being out of control. Nobody likes that feeling of being snared and enslaved. And And again, obviously, I'm here talking about mental health, I am a therapist. And so I am biased, but my goodness, isn't it nice to have therapy? Isn't it just wonderful to have somebody, an unbiased person who can sit with you, 
be with you, meet you where you are when you are feeling completely out of control and have no insight into why you are doing what you're doing, why you're behaving the way you're behaving, why you're acting the way you're acting, why you're projecting and hurting people. When you have no insight and you can go in into that therapeutic process, whether it's DBT, CBT, IFS, any EMDR, any of these therapeutic modalities, just to sit and be with an unbiased person to say, hey, I'm hurting. I feel out of control and they can assist you. They can be there for you. They can help teach you the tools to overcome and to get back in congruence, to get back into good and healthy union with your feelings and with your emotions and to stop beating yourself up so badly when you feel out of control. Okay. And we'll probably have a whole separate episode over feelings and (laughs) versus facts and things of that nature. But please just know and give yourself some grace. And if you're feeling like you are in that out of control place, where you really just feel like when the emotion emerges, you're already behaving, you're already running, you're already reacting, you're already fleeing. When you feel like you are not in a place of being proactive and receptive and kind to your emotions, you know, it's time to talk with somebody about that, I believe. You know, and, you know, get into these good practices. So lots of different levels of out of control. But I think I talked a a little bit about the difference between feeling like emotionally out of control versus then that turning into an out of control behavior and where it impacts others on a deeper level. I think when we're out of control, just emotionally, it impacts us deeply and then the people we care about as well. But when it goes even further to the behaviors, that kind of dis-ease doesn't only hurt you, it really is contagious. And that dis-ease or disease doesn't just want you, it wants to claim the lives of everybody around you. So yeah, by the time it's become a behavioral issue, we really need to take a close look at that. Emotion regulation is a process, and I already talked to you about how that's going to be a little more difficult for some people. But, you know, let's talk about some of the practices that will help you build emotion regulation. Okay, so some healthy habits include, like I kind of alluded to, a time for contemplation and just getting in touch with your spiritual self, you know, that human being and I emphasize the word being, just being still and feeling and noticing in a non-judgmental way, just building that relationship and connection with self and with your higher power, whatever that might be, taking deliberate daily time to sit in that and to let that be a daily practice is huge. And that can come in sitting in nature, That can be part of also some physical activity, like taking a walk. That can be part of a religious practice. That can be part of devotion daily. That can be part of meditation and all of these wonderful things, but just a contemplative practice in whatever form and doing that daily is huge. I also think it's important to incorporate journaling. All right, I'm going to give a a quick and shameless plug right now, but I am writing a book called Plan to Recover, and this is actually a daily recovery planner, and I really think that whether you use our Plan to Recover planner or whether you just go by blank 
pieces of paper, journaling, and being very methodical about the steps you take in the day, the practices that you hold sacred, and what you want tomorrow to look like. All of that is just a really important process. Um, and we also talk about, you know, healthy habits like diet and exercise. I don't like the word diet, so I'm going to say just caring for your body and body movement, moving that body, noticing your body, caring for your body, paying attention to your body, whatever form that takes. Um, that also includes being easy on your body. <laughs> um and that can be yoga, and that could be walking, and that can be any form that you want body movement to take. But nutrition is part of that, too, because we are feeding our bodies and our brains, our internal organs, all of those things that we want to show up for us, we have to in turn show up for them. <laughs> and so yes, nutrition is is a big part of, of what we would like for people to practice on the regular basis to help with emotion regulation. Complex amino acids. Yes, please go get you some complex amino acids. All right. <laughs> get some GABA. <laughs> get some glycine. Get Get complex amino acids however you can and put that in your diet. Also put in some probiotics, all right, to help with that anxiety. There's lots of different adaptogens that you can put in your daily practice and in um, your plan. Of course, consult with your doctor because we're all different and all of our bodies are special and work in different ways. But, you know, these are things that you can do to help with emotion regulation in conjunction with groups, daily practices, individual therapy, and all of the things, you know, garbage in, garbage out, you know, put good things in and your emotions will, will appreciate it and they'll respond and you can in turn respond to them. So that's just a, a little bit of what I wanted to talk about today when we go over emotionally in control versus out of control. And I hope this just gives you a little bit of a different way to look at it and stay non-judgmental. okay? All right. We care about you, Direct Impact Nation. We care about you. We show up for you. We believe in you. We want to call you into action and be very mindful this week. Be mindful this week of your AM routine, your PM routine, your daily practices, and in just being friends with your feelings. All right. Befriend those emotions and they will be friendly to you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Do you feel preoccupied, confused, or embarrassed about an unwanted behavior? Do you prioritize pornography, food, finances, gambling, toxic people, and or chemicals over your primary responsibilities? Well, at Resolve Strategies in Savannah, Georgia, our clinical counselors offer evidence-based approaches to take you from discovery to recovery. To learn more about Resolve Strategies, visit www.resolvestrategiesinc.com and take our free quiz, Five Defense Mechanisms That Might Keep You in the Dark. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in. Snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Epstein.
direct impact leaves you hungry for more.